This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Masters Sunday. Always an exciting day. Here with uh, a recap, we've got world-class ball striker and former Canadian Tour champion, Alan McLean. Hey, Alan. How are you? Top of the world, thank you. Scott Scheffler is the big winner. I was surprised to see this is his first major victory. Well, he's a young man, Taz. He's only, I think, just turned 24, 25. He only recently won his first event, I think, uh, about maybe five or six weeks ago, and he's won his last four starts. So Nice. The guy's hot. He's, uh, he's playing good golf. Yeah, you just look at how dominant he was, though, and you're like, really? This is his first major win? He was dominant throughout the tournament, um, but then on that final hole, 18, were you nervous for a second? He four-putted to close out the tournament. Were you nervous that he was going to have a complete meltdown, or were you pretty sure that his lead was solid enough at that point? I, I think with a four-shot lead, I think he was pretty safe. Um, I, I think that's a dream scenario where he he he, he has four shots to uh, complete the, the his first major. So uh, no, I wasn't too concerned. Although he he did feel like it was human, uh, made us all feel human with that uh, four putt. But it's almost like you you are granted four putts, so you will take those four putts, whether you know it or not. You kind of give yourself that breathing room. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I think there was a, a sense of relief. You could just, uh, I think he was rather embarrassed. And I think they put it nicely. I think he was overcome by the by the occasion. Um, you know, he knew he had won and um, maybe just a little bit of uh, embarrassment when he missed that third putt. <laughs> How much money did he win for, for getting the green jacket yesterday? Uh, not as much as you and I make in a week, but... Uh, it was a cool 2.7 million, Taz. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> it was a record record purse for this Masters, right? I believe it was. I think they've, uh, the, you know, with the advent of the uh, Saudi golf tour, they, they, the purses have been pushed up on the PGA mm. Tour, and uh, this is one of those that um, has been increased, yes. I'm just looking at the Listable Golf Club uh, on Twitter here. Obviously, they're very excited for Corey Connors, who did fantastic over the weekend in Augusta, Georgia. He came in sixth, tied for sixth place, and apparently he's even in line with a tie for six uh, to take home $521,000. That's pretty good for Corey. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, the money, when I'm looking at the breakdown myself, but the money is incredible. You know, the top 10, have, uh, they are rewarded richly for their talents. I always love that scene from Happy Gilmore where he's putting all the big checks and they're for like 15000 39000 <laughs> But it would add up. It would. Like, even if you're the bottom player who's like always, you know, near the bottom of well, the ranks, according you can to make this, Connors uh, for the 21-22 season has made around $2.2 million. Just on the purse wins, like not sponsorships and all that stuff. Just, yeah, yeah, wow. on, on the wins. Correct. Mm. Yeah, uh, he finished third at the match play uh, three weeks ago, and I think he got. Um, I'm open to correction. Probably about nine hundred thousand there. How about our boy with the mullet? I, I didn't realize there was a story behind uh, uh, Cameron Smith from Australia. We were talking about his mullet on the air last week, but there's a reason he has that mullet. Tell us more. Well, it started out, I think it was a uh, a bet with his friends. You, you often hear these golfers, I'm not going to do, you know, I'm not going to cut my hair till I win 
And that's more or less what happened with uh, Cameron Smith. You know, he's not going to grow a mullet. He said, I'll grow a mullet till I win. And then he won. Then he, he turned around and said, well, I'm playing so well like this that I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little superstitious. I'm not going to cut it. And a year later, we still see the mullet and the moustache. So maybe after this weekend, he might decide to, uh, to cut it. Tiger did okay. He did make the cut, as you predicted. Uh, but he, he definitely looked like he was starting to tire out by Saturday. Well, uh, they say that the walk, uh, you know, I can, I can say that the walk seemed okay for me when I'm traversing the fairways. I'm not having to go up and down them a lot. But, uh, you know, by all accounts, everyone says it's a, it's a stern walk. So I think he did exceptionally well. You know, I think if you ask him what his expectations were, he's obviously a winner. He wants to win, but I think realistically he was saying that he was just happy to compete. And uh, I think it was a good stress test. And uh, I hope for golf's sake that we see him out here in the not-too-distant future. Alan McLean, former Canadian Tour champ, thanks for your time. We'll chat again soon, hopefully uh, out on the golf course. That would be nice. Yes, we need to set up our little annual uh, game. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Got to give a shout-out to a UFC fighter who is from the Taz and Jim listening area, fought on the weekend, uh, and looked incredible. Not only did he look great, end up winning the fight, but he did something very cool afterwards, Jim, that we need to uh, recognize him for. Yeah, the man's name is Mike Malott. Uh, This was his first UFC fight officially. He's 30 years old, so he's in his prime. Uh, and he's looking promising. Like he could be the next GSP here. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but he's 8 1 and 1 in his MMA career, which is good. He's his f- first fight in the UFC on the weekend. First round uh, TKO. So three, three and a half minutes in, he wins. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's good. <laughs> Best case scenario, they call yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, so he's from Waterdown, Ontario. That's where he was, which is just outside of Hamilton. That's where he's uh, from originally. He trained in the Niagara region uh, with one of the fight teams there. Living in Burlington now, I think. Yeah, I think that's his home. I think he trains as. as uh, Sacramento or somewhere in the States, but uh, very proud Canadian here. And uh, one of his coaches, uh, the coach's daughter was diagnosed with cancer. So after the fight, after the big win, uh, he's talking to Joe Rogan and says this. Congratulations. Thank you. I'd like to thank my corner, my teams in Canada and Sacramento. Guys, if I can please direct you to my Instagram, the link in my bio. Someone very close to me. His daughter was diagnosed with cancer, his 15-year-old daughter, stage 3 lymphoma. If you can please make a donation, I'm going to donate my show money from tonight, $10,000, to this foundation to help this beautiful family make it through this time and kick cancer. Cancer. Congratulations, sir. Yes, nice move, Mike Malad. You know what I like about that? Because it, it's always great when someone from Canada is going up against someone from the United States. And the guy that he beat was an American. And they were chanting, you, uh, the crowd was behind him. During the fight, yeah. During the fight, it was in Florida. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So the crowd's, USA, USA. And then you even hear when he starts talking about going to his social media accounts, during that post-fight interview, you hear people in the crowd kind of booing. It's like he was trying to be an influencer or trying to give a social media right. plug. They yeah. start booing, boo, and then you hear him say, my coach's uh, daughter is fighting cancer right now, and anyone who was booing must have felt like the <laughs> yeah. biggest jerk in that moment. Boo, you're 
please. <laughs> beer, two beers, two beers. <laughs> thank you. I'd like to thank my corner, my teams in Canada and Sacramento. Guys, if I can please direct you to my Instagram, the link in my bio. Someone very close to me. His daughter was diagnosed with cancer, his 15-year-old daughter, stage 3 lymphoma. If you can please make a donation, I'm going to donate my show money from tonight, $10,000. Yeah. What a good guy. Anyway, we'll put the link on our Facebook page and everything. If you want to check out, you want to make a donation, mm-hmm. you want to uh, get in on the ground level here because first fight in the UFC for Mike Malott went very well. Look forward to cheering for him moving forward. And we look forward to, uh, to hearing some good news about his coach's daughter as she continues her fight as well. Taz and Jim on Facebook if you want more on that. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim walks in here. He walks into the studio today, and he's acting all nonchalant, doesn't even acknowledge the uh, caterpillar that is nested on his upper lip here. (laughs) Uh, You you growing a mustache there, pal? It's not November. What's up? I'm just trying something, you know, giving it a shot. It's only been a week, and I just decided, like, I went to shave, and I was like, I'm going to leave the mustache. Just for okay. fun, yeah. So you had you had stubble all over the face, yeah, yeah. And you, I shaved you everything. Left the but I've always said I like the mustache on you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I you know the reason why I'm doing it is it semi for fun, uh, but also me and Taz have been in a movie before. If you don't yes, know, we have. Uh, so that same guy who made well, that explain, movie. Explain what kind of movie it was, because the fact that you're growing a '70s porn stash. To be in another movie like the one we were in last time, uh, people may jump to conclusions here. Yeah, no, this was a sci-fi movie. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to put it in a genre, and it was, was like, an alien movie called yeah. Gray Matter. Yeah, and it was like a B movie. You know, it's like Canadian low budget, fun to make. You know, possibly C. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, whatever would be below B movie. But uh, the the movie company is great. They make movies every year. So the guy who makes them named Greg reached out to me and he said, oh, I got a part for you. It's a detective, a few lines here and there. I'm like, okay, time to bring back the mustache then. I haven't told him. I don't know if it's his vision, but it's mine. You're playing a detective in a new movie that uh-huh. they're doing. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I don't have that many lines, but I got to make sure my... Every moment on camera, people are staring at me. You got to chew it up, buddy. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get eyes on, on my face. Mustache? I don't yeah. know. Oh, well, detective, when I think detective, I think mustache as well. Me too, yeah. Trench coat. Is, is this a like a, a, a different era or is it modern day? Do you know? Yeah, it's modern day. He sent me the script and I quickly looked it all over and read it quickly. But uh, yeah, I think it's just now. But still, a detective... I don't know if it's in their contract, if it's, they learn it in school or what, but they, you know, they, they should have a mustache. Right. Well, it commands respect, I think. Well, it looks okay. It's coming it's in It's been nicely. a week, bro. Yeah, no, Give me six. You, you, do you put colorant in your mustache? No. It looks like it's a little lighter than last time you grew it. It's, well, don't make me self-conscious about it here. It's my big break. <laughs> Maybe hair and makeup, though. <laughs> Get some mascara on it. Spruce it up a little bit before they call action. (laughs) Okay, keep us posted on this movie situation because we're going to have to, I don't know if I'll sit through the entire movie, but I at least want to see the scene you're in. 
<laughs> Imagine you got out, got up, and left the movie three quarters of the way okay. into the movie. That's hey, Jim. It. Hey, Jim, you got any more lines? Hey, no? you just got shot in the chest. You're not coming back, are you? <laughs> I'm out of here. This is funny. Jim was just telling us he's growing a mustache because he's going to be in another movie playing a police detective. And yes, we said another movie because Jim and I were both in this science fiction uh, film that was... Uh, what was it? Probably about four or five years ago, eh? Mm-hmm. They filmed it in London, Ontario, and the surrounding area. And Jim and I both had small roles in the movie. Now, uh, Ryan, our Hamilton producer in the Y108 studios, he didn't realize that we had acted before. How did he not know we were famous? So upon hearing that uh, story that you just told, Jim, he went on IMDB to look us both up. Oh, Yeah. And you've got a page here. No. Here it is. Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly is an actor known for Grey Matter. That was the name of the, yep. the Alien movie we were That's in. That's me. Uh, in 2018. And Give Me the Mic in 2004. No. Wrong Jim Kelly. Damn. Hey, wait, is that the guy, like the karate guy? They, they have me mistaken? From the 70s? Like, yeah. wasn't he an Enter the Dragon? He, yeah, I think he fought Bruce Lee at one point. Black guy with an afro in a lot of the movies. There's no uh, Actually, picture. I think he passed. Yeah, he would be really old if he was still alive and acting. He might be. So that is not your credit. What was it called? Give me the, Give it, me the mic in 2004. Guy, it seems like it would be. It's not, though. You were the host in that movie? No, that's not you? I wish. Okay, so they got that confused. <laughs> And then here's my IMDb page. Look at this. Uh, he typed in my real name, which is mm-hmm. Chris George. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my my full given name. And he look at my page. Who the hell is this guy? It's an upgrade, though. I know it's a headshot. He's a handsome he's, young fellow. He's a good looking guy, born and raised in London, Ontario. Yeah, that's what. Same as me, but he's got uh, look. He's got all these credits. He's been in a bunch of stuff, but it does say that he played the 60s photographer in the movie Grey Matter. Whoa, stolen valor! He's taken my my credit and put it on his resume. He's padding his resume with your (laughs) stats. What the hell? (sighs) Sue this guy. I am thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to sue the good-looking Chris George. That doesn't have a face for radio. Actually has a face for movies and TV. <laughs> Good for him. Sue him for his head of hair. I don't know how that's going to yeah. work, but maybe you can get that off him. Yeah. I, I will settle out of court if you just give me your luscious locks. <laughs> and now, the winner is... Devin Peacock. I want to see you peacock. Peacock, Time for sports. Devin Peacock, our sports guy, is here. And Dev, kudos to you. Last week, you told us that Scott Scheffler was going to win the Masters, and it came true yesterday. Uh, kudos to me, however, I guaranteed uh, uh, basically his win when I decided not to bet in favor of him winning. So uh, I did not benefit from my prediction, but I hope someone did. Well, I got to tell you guys, you might be a little, both of you might be a little upset by this. Oh, here we go. Okay. I I, uh, I was sitting around. I told you, Jim, I was sitting around with my buddy Drew last week, and uh-huh. he downloaded one of those new um, uh, gambling apps he on He loves his playing phone. cards and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was looking at odds for different sporting events, and we were making some, some master's bets. And there was a parlay bet. So I took 
Scheffler to win the Masters. Okay. Partnered with the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup on a $10 oh. bet. It pays out 2200 bucks. So I'm right on board with the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup now. <laughs> I didn't know they could separate parlay results so far from each other. But I get like that's gonna be three months until we I find know. out the Leafs win. But it cost me ten bucks. How interested in hockey am I now? <laughs> Big time. You are gonna be a bigger Leafs fan than we are. You should have put a hundred bucks down, Taz. Well, it's always the way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> should have put a million yeah. down. Well, let's not let's not count my winnings yet, guys. The Leafs still need to win the Stanley Cup. Easy. Uh, okay. Um, Scheffler was the favorite going in. He, uh, Our boy with the mullet was right behind him until uh, he, he came into some troubles. Final round uh, on the on the back nine. Cameron Smith really did fall apart on Sunday. But it was Rory McIlroy who was uh, picking it up. He had an um, uh, eight under uh, for the fourth round. He was on fire on Sunday. Too bad he couldn't uh, do that in some of the earlier rounds. It's his best ever uh, finish at the Masters. Minus seven came in second, so maybe next year will be Rory's year. It was great to see Rory charge back. I did get a little nervous on the 18th hole when Scheffler four-putted. He he was... Huh? Yeah, he had a putt that didn't look too difficult. He missed it for the birdie, and then he ended up getting a double bogey on 18, but luckily he had such a commanding yeah, he lead, he still have. won the Masters. <laughs> I was watching, and I was wondering if this was actually going to happen, and I, I, I wanted him to win, but I also kind of wanted to see like a six putt to, to oh, blow the God. Masters, because that would be the ultimate choke job of all choke jobs in sports history. Yeah, the biggest collapse ever if it had happened. It was funny, they kept cutting to his wife after every putt. She was so excited <laughs> for the birdie putt, that it was like, okay, we still got another chance here and then he missed again and she looked increasingly worried every time the camera cut back to her <laughs> this is the taz and jim podcast and jim i gotta tell you about the uh, the movie i went to see on the weekend oh yeah sonic the hedgehog 2 took my five-year-old son grayson mm-hmm. so we went to uh, landmark cinemas to watch sonic the hedgehog 2 on saturday and i want to say hi to a, a couple that i met briefly before the movie started now, when you go to a, a landmark theater, you may see before the movie starts a commercial for this very radio show. Mm-hmm. Taz and Jim, they've got some cool, uh, some cool music playing. They got uh, our big heads that pop up on the screen a couple times, Jim. Mm-hmm. They filmed us uh, doing our thing here in the studio, and <laughs> the heads look bigger than usual. Oh boy, <laughs> our heads look enormous, mine especially. <laughs> Okay, so this this Taz and Jim commercial is playing on the big screen before Sonic the Hedgehog 2 starts. And I'm sitting there with Grayson. He was... I I don't know what I need to do to impress this kid. He could care less that his dad was on. Like, hey, who's that, buddy? Hey. And Grayson's like, it's you. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, do you see uh, any other dads up on the movie screen <laughs> yeah. today? I'm up there next to Jim Carrey and Jim Kelly, but mostly Jim, Jim Carrey. <laughs> we are the opening act for Jim Carrey's final movie performance. Uh, but while the thing's on the, the big screen, I hear this couple behind us start talking. Uh-oh. Husband and wife, man and woman, they're there with their kids. And I hear them say, man, can you believe that Jim Kelly's been working with Taz for 10 years now? He must, really? he must have been really young when he started. 
yeah, I think he's like our age. I think he was right out of college when he got the job. Hmm. And they're like, yeah, like, yeah, he's he's set now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's set. He's set Amazing. now. Amazing. And uh, and then they say, yeah, the two of them, the, the banter, the way they go back and forth, it's just so great. And I'm like, oh yeah, here's my opportunity to blow their minds. They're in the row right behind me, so I sit up in my chair and I turn around and I say, well, that's very nice of you. Thank you for saying so. And they're like, whoa, it's Tess. What a loser. He's here watching his own commercial. Yeah. I should have got up immediately before the movie. Yeah. But I thought maybe we should start doing that because we I lucked out and I heard a positive conversation. But I guarantee if we went to the uh, the the movies and just sat through our commercial before movies started... Just to listen in on yeah. what people were saying about us, yeah, we'd hear a lot of negative stuff. Luckily, real fast. you're at a children's movie, you know. Exactly, <laughs> if it was a horror. We probably, <laughs> I, I was hoping you would stand up and be like, "Could you two pipe down?" <laughs> they were probably very relieved that they were being positive. Yeah. Oh man, I kind of wish they were talking trash though, because that would have been incredible. I think we need to start going back to the movies just to sit through the. Uh, the opening commercials and, and the previews uh-huh. to listen so. in. We can do the conversations overheard <laughs> about Taz and Jim at Landmark Cinema. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Story from globalnews.ca. Headline, Hamilton family alleges pizza delivery guy took their cat. <coughs> hmm? A Hamilton family is frantically searching for their cat, who they believe was taken by the pizza delivery guy. Strange. Uh, The Belfort family and friends have been on social media asking uh, that people in Hamilton keep their eyes peeled for their cat, Dwight. Dwight is missing, and they check their surveillance video from their home, and they say that... The the cat was picked up and taken away by a driver who delivered their pizza a few days before. Wow, so a crime of opportunity. He was on the porch. We have it on video, Rebecca Belfort told Global News. He delivered the pizza, then he went out of his way to put the pizza bag back in the car and then came back up and scooped our cat. Huh. Well, it should be easy enough to track down who that delivery driver was at that time if he actually is guilty of this. Yeah, well, they say they contacted the pizza place and the driver told them he let the cat go in the area of Gordon Drummond Ave and Kennard Street about 10 kilometers away from their home. A snatch and release? What would motivate a person to do that? That is insanity. Because, like, I could see, listen, if you if you really wanted a cat, and you, I know it's hard to get a cat from the Humane Society, as crazy as that sounds, I had a buddy who got rejected once. It's like, aren't they giving cats away? <laughs> like, are, they're just going to put them down. Yeah, the, the motive was, I want to keep this cat because I love cats. Yeah. Or maybe I've got a mouse problem and I need a cat to catch all the mice in my apartment. But if you're just going to take the cat and then let it go 10 kilometers away... What kind of person are you? Yeah, it sounds like the cat was already outside the house or so, like got out of the house. They think it got out when they opened the door to get the pizza. So, okay, this guy, that that's even, I would say that's worse than kidnapping. 
Imagine if you tra- track down your kidnapper, he you kidnapped your cousin or something like that, and then they're like, "Oh, I let your cousin, I let your cousin go in Mexico." It's like, "Thanks, bud. What, why didn't you just keep him around?" <laughs> we, we like if it was a you? ransom situation, yeah. at least you'd kind of you found understand. Yeah. You, okay, you took the cat because you wanted to send us a note and demand money, but there really is no motive. It's just a really stupid thing to do. It's like the Joker. It's just pure chaos. Okay, uh, Dwight is mostly gray with a white spot on his nose, dark spots on his tail. And we'll post the uh, full Global News article on the Taz and Jim Facebook page if you have any information about Dwight. This family would love to hear from you. I want to see you peacock, cock, cock, you peacock, cock, you peacock, cock, cock, you peacock. We are joined by our sports guy, Devin Peacock. Hey, Dev. Hey guys, I should introduce you as our sports guy slash huge Toronto Blue Jays fan. Uh, what were your takeaways from the Jays play on the weekend? The Blue Jays offense looks great. The Blue Jays starting pitching, not so great. It'll come around. Usually the hitters are ahead of the pitchers to start the season. And spring training this year was two weeks shorter than what you would normally have. So it's going to take some time for the pitchers to get in their grooves. But the offense is just on fire. And they were they were cranking the ball out of the park uh, on, on Sunday. They ended up losing. It was kind of funny. Sunday was the opposite of Friday where they... They went down big on Friday, stormed back to win. They went up big on Sunday and then blew uh, their big lead. But I think this is going to be a very good season for the Blue Jays. My opinion of the team has not changed after the first series. Their offense looks dynamite. All right, you got another baseball story you wanted to tell everyone about? Yeah, so we had a 99-day lockout, as we all know, to start uh, the season. That pushed uh, opening day back uh, to Friday and and Thursday. And so as a peace offering, Rob Manfred, commissioner of baseball, gifted every major leaguer a Bose headphone on opening day as a way to say, I'm sorry, I I hope we can be friends again, which is, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, nice, but it's also, it's like, if I were a player, it's like, okay, um, Bose headphones are good headphones, but maybe just don't be a jerk next. I mean, the the the, the, the lockout. And Sorry the, the, for the, the inconvenience. Whole... Here's a bag yeah. of peanuts. Well, that's what it would <laughs> like. The money they make, it would be a bag of peanuts or a coffee to us. You know, they're eight hundred dollar headphones. Maybe I don't know, depending on the kind. But it still is a frivolous gesture to a guy who's worth millions of dollars. Yeah, water under the bridge. <laughs> Thanks for the headphones. I could have used a shop vac as a parting (laughs) gift, but I'll take the Bose headphones. The relationship between Manfred and the players has been getting worse and worse since he took over. So he became commissioner back in 2014. Consistently since then, he has been on the Roger Goodell trajectory of commissioners where players in the NFL hate Roger Goodell. Everyone seems to hate Roger Goodell. I think Rob Manfred went to the Roger Goodell School of Commissioners. Bose headphones are not going to turn things around for him. I'm sorry to say, Rob. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. My son's a little apprehensive for Easter, Jim. Why is that? He was uh, talking yesterday while I was putting him to bed about how he wants me to sleep with him on Easter. Scared? Well, he's a little concerned, I think, about the Easter bunny. (laughs) 
Specifically, the Easter Bunny, or is it Tooth Fairy, Santa Claus? Everything makes them uncomfortable. Didn't have a problem with Santa Claus. Hmm. You know, Santa is bringing the big ticket items most of the time, so I think you kind of let that one pass. And True. Also, Santa is a human. Like when you see him, it's a human. Yeah, yeah. And he generally goes straight from the chimney to the Christmas tree. The Easter Bunny's wandering around hiding eggs and stuff. stuff, Sneaking. That's what he asks. He's like, is the Easter Bunny going to hide eggs in my bedroom? Hmm. I said, no, no, buddy. He's going to stick to the main floor. He's like, okay, well, can you sleep with me on Easter anyways for the whole (laughs) night? (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) But I guess it depends on what version of the Easter Bunny you're picturing because... I've never seen the real Easter Bunny. No. Because I'm always asleep when the real Easter Bunny comes. But I know I've seen some, sometimes people will wear Easter Bunny costumes. Mm-hmm. And some of those Easter Bunny costumes can be quite frightening. Yeah, the older they are, the more terrifying they are. The deader yeah. the eyes are. Some of them look a little too Donnie Darko for my <laughs> liking. Right? Yeah, yeah, like kind of dirty. You know, like they were white, now they're kind of yellow. <laughs> Maybe someone's afraid of the Easter Bunny in Illinois because check out this headline. A mall's Easter Bunny had to be tased by the police. Oh, boy. So this took place at St. Clair Square Mall in Fairview Heights, Illinois last Thursday. Uh, there's a guy who dresses as the Easter Bunny in the mall, and apparently for some reason he assaulted a police officer, at which point the police officer busted out the taser and had to tase the Easter Bunny. Huh. Smelt like Haas and Pfeffer or whatever that is. Rabbit stew up in there, I bet. <laughs> Just started shooting chocolate eggs everywhere. <laughs> that's not chocolate. Sorry, oh, but. boy. Look, the Easter Bunny dropped some oh, chocolate. Oh, that's where the chocolate comes from. <laughs> Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.